3: Hello and welcome to Loose Units for a very, very special spin-off episode. Normally Dad and I only do a regular Loose Units at the start of the week and a Loose Ends at the end of the week, but uh, something very special is happening. So I'm hoping that all of you are familiar with The Dry. It's an incredible Australian crime drama based on the novel by Jane Harper of the same name. Now Dad, I actually sat down with the cast of Force of Nature um, via Zoom and had a bit of a chat with them about the film. Well, that is exciting and I... I wish I. Was. How come I wasn't there? Because <laughs> it was just the, the technical restrictions of having like a three-way conversation, via, like via Zoom, was just it was too much pressure. I think
4: what you're saying is that I would have asked silly questions.
3: The thing is, Dad, you've proven time and time again that you are an excellent interviewer. But I actually did. Uh, I did tell them about you uh, at several points. Well, that's exciting.
4: Yeah. I think um, the Dry. Yeah, as in the sequel. Mm is something right up our fans' alley. Yeah, right up right. the,
3: up the you know what? Up the... Oh, up the Kyber. I'm trying to talk about how... <laughs> my God, listen everyone, uh, very, very, very... It's a, Look, it's a very, very good film. It's a very. really, g- genuinely excellent sequel. Yeah. Uh, it's out this Friday in cinemas, and it's got an all-star cast, but first up, you're going to hear my interview with Deborah Lee Finesse, who played Jill Bailey, and Jacqueline McKenzie, who played Carmen. You both the two of you spent a fair bit of time hiking through the forest uh you know doing a lot of stuff out in you know near the Dandenong ranges in parts of Australia that I would regard as uh mildly inhospitable um very in
1: not mildly very
3: was the weather actually that bad when you were shooting or yep. was it
0: <laughs>
1: It actually looks more, it looks calmer on screen than it was. You can't feel our pain when you watch
5: it. It looks beautiful because of the environment. But yeah, we were dealing with the elements with rain, with
1: leeches, with falling in holes. Uh, I mean, we had the whole gamut. Look, I reckon it had, it looked like it had the equivalent of, if it were an actor, it had a facelift compared to what it was when we were there. Don't you reckon? People
3: keep, yeah people keep saying it was like one of the characters in the film is the australian yeah. oh, landscape and you're saying the australian landscape was not a fun co like uh, cast member to work with
1: no no it was really good it was necessary because that's what it was no and
5: it fed us as actors i think because we were working in nature and i think we're very different uh creatures when we're in captivity and when we're out in the wilds and <laughs> i think that we got to you
1: know have a look at ourselves And let's face it, we grew up with Aussie independent filmmaking, so we're quite used to, you know, the smell of working on the smell of an oily rag. Yeah. So, but it was it really was a shock. Nothing could prepare us for actually how tough it was. But it does look beautiful, and that's because the crews were just incredible. And Robert and Eric, you know, everyone wanted to work with them, so we had the best of every department. Having to carry all the equipment down each day, like three quarters of an hour into the bush. And all the way back, and we were shooting in National Park. No one had ever shot there before. And it was, it was actually really invigorating. I know we're saying it was tough, it was, but it was necessarily tough. I don't think anything could have ever prepared. And it was supposed to be a, a corporate retreat. It was supposed to be that hard, right?
3: Those things never end well. I, it, it does kind of <laughs> hew close to my suspicion that corporate retreats will never, ever end well. <laughs> But I mean, as far as the actual corporate retreat side of things goes, how close was the experience to an actual retreat where you got to know the other cast members? How tight knit did you all become as you ventured into the woods for real?
1: I was luckily peripheral. So I will defer to my beautiful co-star here.
5: I have not been on many (laughs) retreats, so I have nothing to uh, refer to, but you, you, as I said, you're out in the wilds, you're in nature, you're dealing with the elements and we're just in it together. And We got to know each, you you do get to know each other very well and then the characters get to know each other and as they break down, the masks come off um, and you get to see people's true colours and their true essence and, you know, and we utilised all that as source
1: material for us as actors. I reckon it's probably more like a a group of actors doing a show, a a theatre show. Yeah, yeah. Because you break down immensely over the six weeks of that. I mean... Mm -hmm. You kind of fluke at the first day of rehearsals and then you Mm. spend six weeks trying to get back to that glory. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it felt more like coming into the ensemble that way, didn't
3: it? Yeah. It's rough. Aaron Falk talks in the film about the fact that for the first day or so, things would have been pretty good, you know, sort of like stumbling through. And then he talks through the ways in which things would have gradually fallen apart. You're saying it was a similar trajectory uh, performance-wise as you got colder and hungrier in real life. Oh,
5: yeah. And we got grumpier and grumpier. No, uh, (laughs) <laughs> but yeah but it, it it was definitely challenging yeah. Yeah, yeah but i think oh you know you take on a role like that you like you obviously like a challenge and it was a challenge and it
1: was an adventure and we were cold and we we're all that stuff but we got to play i have some great behind the scenes photos of like the sound guys who had to make do with where they were put at any given moment like hiding behind logs down i mean covered in leeches
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Like, oh my god i've got a leech these guys were embedded in the forest to hide and never complained, and I've got, I've just got some superb behind the scenes, and some of Robin actually at the end, toward the end, and she, I wouldn't post them without her approval because I was taking photos of the crew and the exhaustion on all our faces. It, it's just it, just that moment where you just you don't have to act for a minute, and and also the makeup is so superb. Yeah, looks. What like makeup? Did ma- you get makeup? No, but the breaking. Down I got dirt. It, yeah, but that's. What, <laughs> That makeup and the way they they broke down those beautiful five actors, I got to look a little bit glam the whole time, except for my wet hair. I didn't. But, um, you know, Robin, my God, I just, it was, the makeup was superb and that together with being exhausted,
3: oh my God. One of the reasons I love this film so much is that it is so Australian. It is so quintessentially Australian from the production to the writing, to the editing, to the sound, to the performances. I guess what I'm curious about is, what is it about Australian crime dramas that you think is unique? What is it about films like The Dry and like Force of Nature that set them apart from all the other stuff that is in the genre? Apart
5: apart from the aesthetic, I mean, there's a light in Australia that you don't find anywhere else in the world. So it gives it an ambiance. And I was saying this, you know, the the way uh, film crews work here, as opposed to film crews in other places, we as Australians have, we don't have the hierarchy and we're sort of all mucking together. Yeah. So there's a real sense of community and creativity um, that we just get the job done, get it in the camp, and everyone just goes to town and goes
1: to work. And there's not time to, to, to take offence, for instance. Yeah. Like if I say to Rob, I've got this great idea for this seat, what, what about if we, if you should put the camera there, you really got to put the camera there. And he'd go, right, why is that? I'd say this. He'd go, no, I won't do that, but, you know, thanks. And he listens. It's not like, yeah, know, he doesn't send anything up. He's so collaborative and you feel like you're, I mean, this is such a tossy word, but you feel heard. <laughs> yeah, and but so no, often the actors aren't heard. Uniquely,
5: not, I think he's pretty uniquely
1: Collaborative, like he,
5: he, is. he is an incredible director to work with. That mm-hmm. he uh, the ego is checked out, and he's just there, and he—he he will listen to the actor, and he will, you know, still make the call in the end. But he—he he is open to ideas if they're better than what he has. Yeah. He'll go, yeah, great,
1: let's do it. And I think also this is not, Eric being a superb actor and uh, as someone who has built his own shows and stuff from the very start. He's. His work ethic is, I would say, American. Like you know, he knows what the business is and yeah, how hard you're going to work. He's hard working. Yeah. I mean, I love his line. If you're if you're on time, you're five minutes late. I'll never forget it. I, I've yet to employ it, but <laughs> but it's he just has that work ethic. But he loves actors. Robert Connolly loves actors. He was at NIDA when I was there, operating the front of the house. He loves us, and if he doesn't, my God, he does a good job acting. Ah, Bruno. Papandrea loves actors, her best friends, Deborah Lee, Nicole, Mm. Rebecca, Naomi. I mean, she's been celebrating these beautiful Australian um, actresses and writers all her life and trying to find projects to bring. Jodie Mattison, another one who just Mm. loves actors. I know that sounds like a big thing. I'm saying as if it's, it is not always the way. I think sometimes we're a necessary evil, aren't we? (laughs) There is a bit of like, they're warm props. You know, that's why they invented in AI. It depends on what <laughs> it depends on what sort of um, jo- what sort of discipline a director and a producer come from. Yeah. On this, they come from a like fiercely creative background. It's not from a financial, uh, essentially financial background. It's just that beautiful, creative, empowering place, and and they cast it as such. Mm.
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
6: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.
3: Now, Dad, on the show before, uh, God, back when The Dry first came out, listeners will remember that I actually chatted with Eric Banner uh, and uh, Jane Harper about The Dry. And uh, I'm actually not... I'm not completely unconvinced that if we were to make some sort of screen adaptation, Eric Banner wouldn't be an excellent you.
4: I I actually think he Mm. is charming. Yeah charismatic, mm-hmm. handsome, <laughs> and I think um, he would make a jolly, jolly, fine portrayal of myself, but yeah. I would like to spend at least a week with him, one-on-one.
3: Okay. Just Buddy get,
4: time. Yeah, method. So he could learn all my idiosyncrasies, of which there are numerous.
3: Dad, if we get Eric on set for whatever project we hope to get made, and he's not leaning down, combing the tassels on the rug on set, uh, then you haven't done your job properly. hmm I,
4: I I tell you what, hmm. get out there and watch it.
3: D- yeah, it's honestly, folks, it, it's such a great film. But listen, uh, here is my chat with Eric Banner, who plays Detective Falk in the film, and with director Robert Connolly. There's a lot of TV detectives, a lot of film detectives. I mean, there's, you know, Columbo, and there's all these Sherlockian kind of characters with very heightened traits. Falk is so grounded. My dad used to be a cop. Uh, he was in forensics for years. And he said that putting on the uniform, putting the gun on the badge... Felt like a transformative thing when you suit up as Falk. I know he's a detective; he doesn't have a uniform. But do you feel that sort of persona wash over you, or are you trying to keep it as natural as possible?
7: Yeah, no, I do. I, th- I think there's 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 a real sense of responsibility that that Falk feels, and I think I think there's a real a massive sense of responsibility he feels towards Alice, his informant, who's one of our mm. five, our five women, and and that kind of informs a lot of. His, his character and where he's at in the world, and makes him question the the type of work that they're doing and and how they go about their work. you know the the moral ethics of what they ask people to do and and that acts as a mirror to his own to his own journey. So that, that was a, a particularly great thread that Jane had through through the book that we try to expand upon. But yeah, I guess you do feel a bit, a bit, uh, and also I had Jacqueline McKenzie as my co-star to, to help me in that. In that. <laughs> it was super tough and and in, in, in her character and and probing was fantastic.
3: Uh, but I was going to ask you, if either of you um, sat down with any uh, serving police officers or any Feds and kind of picked their brains, or is that a kind of dangerous route to go
7: as an actor, kind of getting too much from? We we'll got a little bit of information, yeah, without going too into it. Um, but hmm. you can can be both helpful and uh, a hindrance sometimes when it, when it comes to research. I mean, you're trying to cover your cover your bases so that you don't look like a fool. But at the same time, there is a sense of ownership that you have to have to take and a responsibility you have to take as an actor. Because at the end of the day, you know, if the audience isn't convinced of what I'm doing, it doesn't matter if I'm doing everything technically perfect.
3: Are you sitting here two films into what is hopefully a trilogy pinching yourselves? And do you know what you're going to do next? Because this is, I mean... Everyone loves a trilogy, right? I mean, what's are you, are, you, are you already mapping out the
0: next part, or is that is that a fool's errand? I think at this point it's like one step at a time. You know, <laughs> we're kind of just getting this film out into the world. I mean, it's been amazing to make the yeah. drive. It's been amazing to, to yeah. further take this character on this journey. Mm. You know, to you know reunite the creative team to make another big you know epic kind of detective mystery in Australia has been fantastic. So we kind of, we do have to pinch ourselves. We do not take it for granted. Every time a film gets made, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. I, I do not think in, in the current climate for creating stories in a world where, you know, cinema is kind of on the rise again. Um, mm. The opportunities are, are one that we always, we always enjoy. Thank you for making a film, by the way, which proves something I've always believed,
3: and that is that corporate retreats are the worst thing to happen to people (laughs) ever. I mean, just the worst. Did you all have a sort of kind of a team bonding uh, experience in real life while you were up there in the hills?
0: Oh, day one of the shoot, I think. Day one (laughs) of the shoot when I thought, how many crew are coming back on day two? When we turned up in the dark, walked into this valley that no one had ever filmed in before, (laughs) pouring rain, was almost zero degree temperature, and we waited for the light to come up and we started filming the first scenes and there was mist sitting in. And There was a moment, though, I think, where we all looked around and went, this is incredible, this is beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah.
7: Yeah. Every day. But at the same time, we knew how arduous it would be and we had a safety officer who, in a heads of department <laughs> meeting early on, just sat us all down and said, look, there's not much I can do for you out there. all <laughs> the make safe. I mean, really. Um, it's a 45-minute piggyback ride if you've sprained an ankle or break a leg at best oh <laughs> and and you know uh, just look out for each other which is the great thing you could have said Actually, like the right everyone thing just really responsible for themselves you know it's the opposite of when you're filming on a sound stage and there are things taped down and fluoro tape everywhere and it's just like yeah. you, you are responsible for you and you're responsible for the person next to you basically was the attitude that's so
3: Australian. Like I said, that's just Australia. And what I love is the idea that I'm now secretly worried that the funnel web bite wasn't in the plot. You had to write that in. That was an OHS something that you had to weave into <laughs> the plot. Fellas, thank you so much for chatting. I'm just such a big fan of what you both do, and I, I cannot wait to see what you do next. And congratulations on an absolutely wonderful movie. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for your support. We'll yeah, appreciate great, great it. Great to speak to you as always. Thank no you. problem. Have a good one. Eric
3: Banner and Robert Connolly. And Dad, I talked to two other people uh, because the film is actually about a bunch of women who go away on a corporate retreat in the the mountains, uh, kind of near the Dandenong Ranges. And uh, five go in and only four come back. And that's where the mystery emerges. But two of the people who come out of the woods and are interrogated, and I think two of the best performances in the film, uh, two performers, Sissy Stringer, who plays Beth, and Lucy Ansell, who plays Bree. So they're sisters in the film. And I had the pleasure of chatting with them too. It's such an Australian place to get lost and it's such an Australian film. And I wanted to ask the two of you, what is it that you think makes Australian crime dramas like Force of Nature so unique? Because there's really nothing else like it in the market.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll start obviously with the, the landscape. I feel like we've got such diverse terrain over here. We was, we're so lucky. Yeah. Um, we're so lucky and, and to work out country like that on indigenous land was such a privilege Mm. and so I think honestly that does most of the work it really (laughs) but sort of setting that sort of tone and sort of setting up that sort of noir feel yeah especially in in the sort of Victorian rainforest Mm. and so I think um I think I think I'll sort of start with that and then I also think Australians have a sort of um like a candor to them that I think
6: is is really, like, idiosyncratic. And um... I really enjoy working with Australian crews because the crews are always, they're always just chillers, you know? They're always just, like, (laughs) cool and so amazing and helpful and chill. Um, I do notice the difference in filming with an Australian um, Mm. production. And it's nice. It's jovial. It's, you know, it's kinship. It's having a laugh, (laughs) doll, you know? Um, And also the crew killed it because they were the ones lugging kilos and kilos and kilos of equipment by hand because we couldn't drive and we were in the bush. So it was literally one piece of equipment at a time and all of our crew carrying it on their shoulders down a muddy path. Like we wouldn't have been able to do it without their tenacity and strength. Surely. I think
3: I'm guessing that things got a little bit real out because I've, I've hiked in those woods. I've been to the Dandy Ranges. Oh, uh, yeah? I, I know the area well, well not well enough, obviously, uh, but you know, pretty well. So I'm curious as to whether you all went through a similar experience uh, as your characters did on their hellish retreat.
6: Oh, oh yeah. my god, we yes. didn't have to do much acting. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously.
2: <laughs> seriously?
6: No,
2: <really. laughs>
6: like, I know. Honestly, because they just. It's not like a set where it's all fake and you have to pretend that you're like trekking through or pretend that there's an environment, but when you're in an actual environment like that, mm. all you do is respond to your like what's around you and you're doing a great job acting because it's half of it is real. <laughs> yeah,
2: the first time I watched it i was I was watching um just there's a lot of scenes where you sort of you see the five women walking and traversing mm. this bush. And there was some things, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, God, you are overdoing that. But then I realised, I was yeah. like, no.
6: I, like I was just trying to stay upright amidst all the mud and like. <laughs> but, I, but you read it as an acting choice, and you were like, what am I doing? I was like, it's too
2: much. But then I was like, no, I wasn't actually
6: trying to do that.
3: You That's
0: know? great.
4: Paul, I'll tell you what, we, we have a trove yeah. of wonderful actors, and I, I think one of the one of the toughest gigs would be, choosing who you're going to who's going to cho- play the roles
3: casting's hard it's oh, it's, it's really casting. hard
4: yeah i mean it's hard enough taking a plaster cast of the murder scene
3: sorry <laughs> it's, it's a very different job but it has uh, equally important ramifications but look we honestly we really hope you've enjoyed this episode of loose units and our chat with the cast and uh the director Of Force of Nature, which is the sequel to The Dry. It's in cinemas this Friday. Do not miss it. I'm not even kidding, folks. Uh, It was such a pleasure to chat with everybody about it. But it is an amazing film. Australian films don't generally make... The Aussie film industry doesn't typically make stuff like this, so do not sleep on it. If you want to see a third instalment, and I am hoping that we get one, head into cinemas, go see it this week, uh, and tell everyone about it. In the meantime, we'll be back this Friday with Loose Ends. See you soon. Cheerio.